0: One of 10 active division one men's basketball coaches with a natty championship. The comeback camps
1: cannot be denied. Viva la Halle-A-Mole. A happy and jubilant Tubby
0: Smith. 18 NCAA tournament appearances, dozens of conference and national coach of the year awards, and Olympic gold medal with Team USA. I'm at that stage in my career Hit <laughs> nothing surprises me. And everywhere we've been, We've left programs in better shape than we found them. From his alma mater, High Point University. Hear Dr. Cobain call up and say, you know, Tubby, we want you to come home put things in perspective. This is the Tubby Smith Show with legendary head
1: coach Tubby Smith and DV Darren Vaught. Welcome in. It's the Tubby Smith Show. Another edition and another legendary coach on the other line. As I say hello to the legendary head coach Tubby Smith. I'm Darren Vaught, and uh, Tubby, I know you guys, you and Paul Westhead, go go way back. As uh, Paul, you got a, a a book coming out, right? It is right. Uh, the speed. speed Game: My Fast Times in Basketball. I want to begin with the book, Paul, because I've seen a lot of people. Knock some things off of bucket lists with this pandemic, which you know has has sort of had all of us hold in since March. You know the, the classic line is Shakespeare wrote King Lear during a pandemic. It was this a pandemic project, or was this something that was in the works well before March or so when everybody was was uh, you know shut down?
2: Well, it's been a long project. I uh, I wrote some of it. Right after I coached the Lakers uh, <clears throat> to a championship and then got fired. So that was a nice turnaround.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, so I had some free time. One of the good things about getting fired in my career is you have time to do things that you would never ordinarily do. You know, uh, so one of it is I had a chance to write. So I, I did some writing then. Uh, then I did some more writing uh, in 2000 when I was coaching in Osaka, Japan, and other than my wife and i no one else spoke english so i had a lot of free time again <laughs> uh, and then uh, my last coaching job was with the university of oregon i coached the women and after five years there i uh, came back to la where i i now live and i finished up the book so it was done in segments uh, and uh, it was time to reflect uh, i can only say the book is a little bit about the, the 20 coaching jobs I've had. And uh, if wow. you think it's a brag book, it's not, because I got fired in 14 of the 20 jobs. <laughs> so, I'm, it's I'm it's really not funny, expert. but that's, it's like a guide. What to do when you get fired. That's, <laughs>
0: hey, we all need that. This is, I'm, And, you know, there are certain things going to happen to you if you're in this business. And fi- being fired is one of them. I've been fired twice.
2: Oh, well you you've <laughs> you skated free then, I know <laughs> In fact yeah I we can share this one the first time you're fired and it, this was with the Lakers I can still remember I had a meeting with Der- Jerry Buss he said you know we are uh we're just going to make a change so I, I drive home and my wife and four children are there for dinner looking at me like you know, I probably was a mass murderer or something, <laughs> like. And uh, and and that was hard. You know, when you get fired the first time, it's personal. Yeah. Uh, and then, as you move on into your career, you realize the second and third time, and going forward, that it's business. It's just yeah, you yeah. know, uh, whatever you were doing, the the administration or the team or the franchise. Said so we we have to change something here and and you're it yeah uh, so uh, I became uh, not hardened to getting fired I I became more realistic and uh, so here's what I live by you're going to get fired the question is can you get another job yeah. and if you can get another job then you're okay you're you're still afloat and and things are good.
0: That's a, that's a good way to look at it. And, and you've done a great job everywhere you've been. And as you said before, there are certain circumstances and certain things you can't control. You know, if it's, um, for instance, my last, I got fired at Memphis. Unfortunately, Penny Hardaway is, a, is the best player I've ever played at Memphis. He had the best player in the country on his high school team. I probably would have fired me, too, if I thought I could get Penny <laughs> Hardaway the number one player in high school basketball on the team. So it's, it's the circumstances you're around at the, at that particular time. And uh, yeah. and it's usually yeah, it, because it, of change in administration too. Or well, as you said, they want to go in another direction. That's the, that's the.
2: Right. Sign. Well, the first bad sign Tubby, on the college level is uh, if you get hired by an an AD and two years later he leaves yeah. and a new AD comes in, you know, you're in trouble (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because you're not his guy and he's trying to, you know, branch out and show that he can, he can make a change in the program. And, and, and of course, in the NBA, the problem is that you're the lowest paid employee. Mm -hmm. Uh, All the players are making more than you. So if the problem maybe is with some of the players they're not going to go.
0: No,
2: you are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but we're, so uh, yeah. How many again, my general- wife kept saying, "Well, we moved around twenty times, but you kept getting a job, so you know the kids still were able to eat." And right. she yeah. was happy. She wasn't happy with all the moving, but she <laughs> she was happy that uh, we were able to sustain ourselves.
0: Well, and the beauty of it is that we're doing what we love doing. You know, you love coaching and teaching. And it's part of your lifestyle, and there are not many people can say they do what they always wanted. When did you realize you, you, your coaching was and teaching is what you wanted to do?
2: Well, you know, I I grew up in Philadelphia, uh, Tubby, and uh, I eventually went to St. Joseph's College, and Jack Ramsey was my coach. Oh, so man. I had the good fortune to have re- truly one of the legends of this game. Yeah. And he also was a doctor of education, so I took uh, teaching education classes with him. Uh, he was actually my student teacher, so I, <laughs> I went to Overbrook High School. I bring that up because uh, basketball favorite. people will know Overbrook because of Will Chamberlain. Yeah. <laughs> so I That was my teaching assignment, and he came and sat in the classroom and watched me teach, etc. So when I'm graduating, I said, uh, Coach, can you help me get a, a A coaching job and teaching. He said, Paul. I don't think you're going to be a good coach. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. He said, I think you were meant to be in the classroom. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> he said, some of the other guys, like Jack McKinney and Jim lineman and Matty Gukas, they, oh. they were meant to be coaches, but not you. <laughs> so, eventually, he helps me. He said, I'll make some calls, but he didn't have his heart in it. So, I got a position at the University of Dayton, and – Tubby, you might remember this name, one of the few. The head coach then was Tom Blackburn. Yes. And his new assistant was Don Donner. Don Donner here, yeah. So I arrived because Ramsey got me the job. I'm a full time teacher there, I'm an English teacher for the university. And uh, Tom gets sick, and Mickey Donner has to take over, and they make me the freshman coach, you know, because they had nobody else. So I spent the year with him and Donahar and I became you know lifetime friends and uh, oh. and he had a great career he was there yes. 25 years. Oh, he, He's he, one he, of the few that lasted 20 plus years at one <laughs> at place.
0: Same place, yeah. <laughs> There's a few in, still in the business like that. you know you got guys yeah. like Jim Beheim but you know he was yeah. one of theirs anyway and I guess there are very few guys or so, Mike Shevsky has lasted the exactly, test of time. Yeah. Tom Izzo has lasted at Michigan State for a long time. But there are not many like
2: that. Not many. Yeah, I mean, like, even at Oregon, like, he's an old veteran now, like, uh, uh, Dana Altman, Dana, yeah. uh, he arrived with me, and now he's been there, like, 10 years or plus, yeah. so. I mean, yep. ten years at one university—that's a long time.
0: But but both he, you know, there's a guy that did a good job at Kansas State, but he he was fired. He was let go there. He's a good friend of mine as well. So so yep. you were there with with Dana, huh?
2: Yes, I was. I was there with Dana. Yep, yep. Uh, in fact, my grandson uh, came as a walk-on and was a four-year walk-on on Dana's team while I was coaching the women. So it was it was a great experience. I, I stress that because. I have 11 grandkids and you know, you love them to death when they're two and three and four and five and then when they become teenagers and go off to college, you kinda you kind of lose them. Yeah. Well, this one stayed with me for the four years of college. That's so yeah. he would come to our house <laughs> for dinner. Uh, I'd right. see every one of his games. His name was Nick Lucenti and we had to get there a half hour before the game to see warmups because he wasn't going to, going to going play. To <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't going to get in the game. <laughs> hey, hey, you and know then, what? Hey, that's pretty good. And then depending on, the, depending on the score in the, in the, late in the game, let's say there's five minutes to go and it was like a one-point game, we'd leave <laughs> because we knew he wasn't getting in. We beat the traffic home. But if it was a 25-point game, we'd hang around. We'd hang around. Nick <laughs> my, would get in the last minute.
0: <laughs> my grandson, my grandson, he's only six years old, and he's like the youngest on this baseball team. And so it's, you know, this coach pitch and we went to like three straight games. He didn't get a hit. (laughs) So he's like 0 for (laughs) 9. So then I told my wife, I said, you think we're making him, you think he's scared and nervous because we're there? Maybe we shouldn't go. So we went to the last game. It was a championship game. He has two hits. He was Woo! unbelievable.
2: Damn, so uh, awesome. but that, doesn't that <laughs> spray you? Yeah. Oh, it
0: was thrilling. It was thrilling for my wife because she started jumping up and down.
2: <laughs> like, yeah. Calm down,
0: yeah. babe. Calm yeah. down.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Now, you, when you watch your children play, you know, you're excited. But when it becomes your grandchildren, it kind of doubles the excitement. Uh, it, it, now, you had it's a really place, great.
0: You know, when you mentioned Philadelphia, I was wondering the connection there because you, I was at VCU years ago, yeah. And when, um, when Hank gathers and ben, and uh, Kimbo Kimbo,
2: right, Bo Kimbo,
0: yeah, they visit us at VCU. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I was wow. there with JD Barnett, and um, and then I guess wow. they've gone to California. Was it Southern Cal they signed with first? They
2: went to Southern Cal, Southern Cal with Cal. Stan right. Morrison. Stan Morrison, yeah,
0: That's right, yeah. And so. Um, but we thought because Kevin Eastman, you know Kevin Eastman.
2: I know Kevin, yes. Kevin
0: was, he he had connections because he's from New Jersey, and we were able to get those guys there for on and on, an official visit. So, uh, but I, yeah. I bring that up because I know they yeah, were. Yeah, no, that's interesting bringing
2: bring that up, Tubby, because uh, uh, my coaching career, even though I had the Lakers, uh, really made a gigantic turnaround. When I had the good fortune to yes. have uh, Bo Kimball and Hank Gathers come to Loyola Marymount. And uh, it's always Philadelphia that seems to bring yep. me back or help me out. Like, uh, I'm at SMU, we're just doing okay. You know, we're trying to recruit the local kids. And, you know, nobody really wants to go to a small Jesuit college. Like, there's nothing really exciting about this. When you can go to UCLA or USC or, or Cal. And we get a phone call, and uh, someone says that Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball are interested to transfer Mm -hmm. to LMU. So I said, oh, okay. Now, they're Philly kids, and I don't even know them. I mean, I know of them, but I don't know them. And then we get another phone call, and it says that Tom Lewis wants to transfer. He was the resident star of Southern California at USC. So... I said, okay, yeah, well, well, we'll we'll get back to you. So I talked to my assistants, and the one was like, uh, he was from Bogota, Colombia, so he was a very clever guy. He said, Coach, this is easy to figure out. He said, I know that Kimball, Gathers, and Lewis aren't all going to come together. So he says, we either take two of them, or we take one of them. He said, I vote, we take two of
0: them. <laughs> <laughs> great. Smart, guys. So that's,
2: the direct, that's the directions we went. And that's Kimball great. and Gathers came and visited our campus. Uh, I can still remember we showed him around. He, he met the, 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 the vice president of the college and different dignitaries. And the end game was I was going to show them some video of, of our style. So I showed him five minutes of a game. And then we walked outside and Bo Kimball said to me, Coach, you're from Philly and I'm from Philly. So tell me the truth, you you made up that video. You doctored that video. Nobody plays like that. <laughs> and I said, no, that was the real deal. That's the way we play. He said, OK, we're coming.
1: <laughs> Let's take a quick time out with Planet Smoothie. Be sure to energize your day with the official drink of the High Point Panthers, Planet Smoothie, the best-tasting smoothie on the planet. A big thanks to Planet Smoothie for being a proud supporter of High Point Athletics as well as the Tuffy Smith Show.
0: That leads into the style of play. Yeah, you know, the, oh, I was going
1: to say, that. obviously the title of your book, Paul, a reference to the the running gun style, the system as it's been known, Paul right, Ball as right. it's been known um I assume that he in that scenario thought that maybe you had doctored the tape to speed it up exactly because, you know no that's question. that's become in vogue in basketball now is is the the up-tempo pace of play but you know even back then when you were coaching at LMU that had to be such a foreign thought how was that met by that idea and, and when you first really wanted to start playing basketball that way how was it met by your peers in the in the coaching and, and, and basketball community at large
2: well for starters it was not met very well uh, I I was not very well liked in you know my area my league uh, you know from and just expanding from from even good friends like when I was at LMU we went back and played uh, St. Joe's on, LaSalle on a two-game swing and we played LaSalle against Speedy Morris, uh, a yeah. oh, yeah. famous Roman Catholic coach who yeah. was a great high school coach and coach at LaSalle. And we played in their convention center. And before the game, you heard nothing but this loud train whistle. And the train whistle was for Lionel Simmons, their yep. star. Lionel, So Yeah, the L train. So we played them in a packed house. And we eventually win like 121 to 116. Wow! And uh, after the game, Speedy says that wasn't basketball; <laughs> that was street ball. <laughs> and our kids are saying, "Well, it might have been street ball to you, but it was basketball to us." So it, it was not well received. And speaking of not being well received, late in my career, I'm coaching the women of Oregon, and I go to UConn against uh, Gino, and, uh, and, and as you know, uh, Gino Ariamo is from Philadelphia like me. Oh, oh boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said to my girls, I said, they're number one in the country. They had Brianna Stewart. They had, you know, three or four All-Americans. I said, we're just going to run it at them. We're going to press them. We're going to knock their socks off. <laughs> and we're okay for about the first 10 minutes. <laughs> and then my players were done. And yeah. he beat us pretty handily and he said, I'm from Philadelphia and West from Philadelphia. We wouldn't be allowed to play like that. That was not yeah. basketball. <laughs> yeah. So in your So mind- yeah, there there have there have been many, many coaches who uh, disliked it. Fortunately for me, some of them were because I beat them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm saying you 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 how did you when were, when did you first decide, hey, I wanna this is the way I want to play, this is the way I want to coach, and this is the system I'm going to implement, and I'm going to stick to it. When did that first?
2: Yeah, yes, Tubby. it kind of comes in stages. I was at LaSalle College. I had some good players. I had a little point guard from uh, uh, Cape May, New Jersey, uh, named Charlie Wise. He was as fast as fast can be. I also had uh, Joe Bryant, uh, Jelly, Bean, Jelly Bryant, Bean Bryant, who was Gobi's dad. <laughs> yeah, yep. And uh, I remember I'm trying to play the control game, and uh, I put in a press in practice to see, you know, show them how to beat the press, like reverse the ball, get it in the middle, reverse it again, you know, classic. I mean, I knew all that kind of stuff. And my second team wasn't letting me do that. So little Charlie Wise, who was so fast, Uh, I stopped playing. He he said, Coach, when they pass me the ball from out of bounds, just let me take the ball. (laughs) I'll beat everybody. I'll go so fast they can't press me. I said, all right, Charlie, give it a try. So he just blows right through the press. And from that time on, I said, well, I'm going to let my point guard just take off and go. And, you know, if the point guard goes fast enough, he beats all the defense. No, I I have to stress, he has to go fast enough. He has to get the ball and a great outlet pass down the court in three seconds. And then it doesn't matter what defense you're playing. In fact, one time we were having a practice and I had another great point guard at LMU, Corey Gaines. Corey Gaines. Corey Gaines uh, was pushing a ball, pushing a ball, pushing a ball. And my assistant said, let's put a zone in, see what they do. So at, at a break, he put the zone in. And Corey Gaines went speed dribbling down, got over half court, looked up, pulled the ball back and said, zone. Like, he recognized it. I said, Corey, I don't ever want you to do that again. I don't want you to recognize the defense. How many coaches in America, Toby, Toby tells their players, do not not recognize the
1: defense.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, you had a a pattern there that, and that's and they knew where they were. I love watching your team. I just and and you know what is coaches have to have. You know that's one. Frank McGuire told me one time said when you get a head coaching job, you you're gonna have to decide. The first thing you have to do is uh," he talked about image, you know, know, perception that you want to portray to to your administration, your fans, and then he said a philosophy, a system, you know. You want to be a guy. I want to walk it up. Right. Play zone defense. Be a star system. How do you want to? How do you want to play? And uh, and and most of us are, a traditionalist. You know, in in this game, I, I love playing because you know I worked with Rick Pitino when we were at Kentucky and we were when I first got there with him in, in '89 we were on probation so we shot the ball, '89 99. well he we set all kinds of records of shooting the threes, playing a lot like you play. Right. And, uh, just push it up the court and, you know, first open guy, you got open three and, and shoot it. Did the three-point line have much to do with it
2: at all? No, not for me. It, it, we just wanted to push the ball so fast we would take the first open shot. Hopefully it would be one of our wingmen running to the basket and getting a, an easy layup. Uh, or it was somebody out in the corner area who was wide open and give it the, the two guard, the shooting guard who was 25 feet away. It was beyond the three point line, but we were just spreading out the defense and hoping. See, my whole philosophy about this is why would, if you had your choice, why would you play five on five yeah. all the time when you can play five on two or five on three? I wasn't smart enough for five point five I wanted to always push the ball and have advantage uh, so uh that that was my scheme uh, okay. beat the defense yes,
0: beat, beat, beat. Now, it
2: sounds easy, but you better get players who are willing to run hard all the time yeah
1: well now, they, paul you on? uh Yeah, Paul, you you referenced, you know, coaching the women at Oregon, we mentioned, uh, you know, LMU and and the Lakers, and you also won a WNBA championship coaching the Mercury in Phoenix. So you've done it, you know, men, women, college, pros, how, how, how did you have to adapt the style? from one level to the next? Because, again, you, you, you talk about going to Japan and coaching there. I mean, you, you used uh, you, your philosophy well, uh, everywhere.
2: Yeah, it, everything's – every situation is different. <clears throat> but ultimately, when you get a new team and they know you're going to run – I remember when I took the Phoenix Mercury job with the women, Diana Taurasi met me at the airport. At the Phoenix Airport. Now, I, I just want to—I know Tubby's had a, you know, a lot of experience with different teams and everything. When was the last time one of the players met you at the airport to welcome you? Yeah. Much less
1: like the star, Yeah, yeah mean, to me. Can she, it you was imagine? Early in her career, uh, but she was a star. Can You imagine Kareem
2: meeting me at the LAX airport <laughs> and saying, "Well, welcome." So she meets me at the airport and she, we're riding. And she says, "Now, uh, I just want to give you some." my feelings. I said, yeah, go ahead, Diana. She said, treat us like the guys. Do not water down Mm -hmm. what you do because of us. She said, treat us just like the guys. So I did. And in the first season we were one in six. (laughs) And if you're one in six with guys, college or pros, you're done. Like, you, you you can come out and say, we're going fast. And they look at you like, you're going fast, but we're not going fast. <laughs> and we were in one and six. And uh, she looked over at me. She said, we're with you if you're still with us. Like, keep it going. And sure enough, the next season, we won a championship uh, on the road in game six in Detroit. Yep. And uh, I just reflect on my own career. We won with the Lakers in 1980 on the road in Philadelphia in game six. And I thought this was easy. I said, heck, I can win some championships a lot. And <laughs> 28 years later, I won my next championship. So uh, championships don't come around really? uh, many times in your career. So uh, you need to enjoy them uh, when that moment comes.
1: Well, in the interest of comparing the two, I mean, we've got to ask about Magic Johnson the rookie just what what you talk about Charlie Wise at LaSalle it wasn't that much longer later that your point guard in that situation was a young Magic Johnson did that change the way you you used the style obviously he had a skill set that you could you could do a number of things with
2: yeah yeah a couple things uh, come into play you know when I took over the team It was early in the season because my good friend, Jack McKinney had a very serious bicycle accident and was in the hospital for weeks and and took the whole year to recover. The good news about that, Jack put in the Jack Ramsey system. You know, Jack McKinney played for Ramsey, was his assistant with the Portland Trailblazers and put that system in with the, the Lakers. So when I took over, I did not have my crazy system in place. I had the McKinney system, which, you know, was very logical and very controlled, and and the players liked it. I mean, they liked it so much that we went on and won a championship. It's only after that that I started putting in my fast break, and there was kind of rebellion (laughs) that was building. Uh, But going back to Magic, as a rookie from Michigan State, Magic really wasn't a classic point guard at that time. He really was a power forward. I mean, he he saw our team and he said, these guys need me to help them get the ball and rebound. So he went in and did all the dirty work. I mean, he was marvelous playing inside and, and rebounding. And, of course, we had Norm Nixon who could could handle the break. He could push the ball like Charlie Wise. But we weren't going that fast anyway. Magic then evolved into, you know, the great point guard of the NBA and the great assist leader probably of all time. And and he just ran the franchise. But in my first year, it was Kareem who was the man. He was the star. Everything went through Kareem.
1: Great. Great. Well, you know, that's a, this- uh, sorry, Tubby. I, I, I actually, I want you to chime in on this too, Tubby. This, this is a question for, because I said, I, I liken you two and that you've, you've, you've coached a lot of places. You've coached a lot of players. Um, we, this isn't necessarily the greatest basketball player of all time. In your opinion, this would be more of a, the greatest basketball player that you've had substantial time around. So maybe Tubby. I don't know if this maybe is a a a Team USA player, Um, but you know we've mentioned Magic Johnson and then Diana Taurasi. For you, Paul, I mean she's arguably the greatest women's player ever. Uh, And I don't even know. I don't know how arguable it is. Uh, What would be your answer to that question? The the just the best basketball player you've been around um, for, for, for that kind of, you know, through a season coaching them or playing with right. them. However.
2: I, I, I let, t- I'll defer to Tubby on that because yeah. you see, one of my problems is I've never been around players more than a year or two. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I have That's enough. On. Right? <laughs> so, I mean, if friendship takes four or five years, uh, I, I'm kind of disqualified <laughs> in that world, but uh, just for me, for starters, uh, certainly on the women's side, Diana Taurasi w- is probably the best player ever. Uh, yeah. The only competition she has is from another UConn gal now, Brianna Stewart. Uh, on, the, on the guy's side, uh, you know, Kareem and Magic certainly loom, you know, for me as the, the two best I've coached. And collegiately, you know, uh, Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball, and back in my LaSalle days, in addition to Charlie Wise and Joe Bryan, I, had a, I started with a great player by the name of Ken Durrett. And Kenny Durrett, uh, Ken Durrett. Was, was marvelous. He yes. was a six, seven, anything you want kind of player. And uh, from my experience, when you get a new job, like I did at LaSalle as a 30 year old, I was 30 years old as a, as a head coach you need somebody on that team to say, I'm with you, coach, yeah. and just let me take over. Yeah. And Kenny Durrett took over that team because I had a lot of angry guys who said, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Durrett, and was- Durrett said, uh, we're going to go with him. And, and they did. And I had a great experience at LaSalle because of Ken Durrett.
0: Where was he, where was he from? Was he from Philly also?
2: No, no. Uh, Ken Durrett was from Pittsburgh. He was from Chenley High.
0: That's
2: right. And uh, now you bring that up. Uh, Durrett, I have him only for a senior year. And a senior in high school at Chenley High that year was Maurice Lucas. Whoa. So we bring Maurice Lucas in for a weekend in Philadelphia for a big five game and everything. And uh, (laughs) we think, well, we got a good shot. But I underestimated the ability, the talking ability of one Al McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, as you know, Maurice went to Marquette and had a great career. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, well, those are some. Uh, we I never coached anyone at that level. But we. It, it, I think the best all-around player, and I hate to say this because I had a lot of talented players at Kentucky and at Georgia, and even at Tulsa, you know, we were fortunate enough to coach uh, some talented player, but the, the latest, and I think that that just won an NBA championship was Rajon Rondo. Now he—that's a style of play that we probably should have employed with him because he is the fastest player I've ever coached. I mean, he could—he can get that ball up the court, and and that's probably sometimes you—you you not overcoach, but you—but the great ones, you know, they've got to be—you uh, know, you have to. Adapt your style of coaching sometime to them. And I thought um he's one of those guys that could control the game at both ends. Just phenomenal defensively and, and just a just a blur offensively. Uh and you know he he set a record for steals as a freshman at Kentucky. Not just in the SEC. And um uh, well, he leads led us and assists, I only coached him those two years. But then this next Best player would probably be a guy like Tayshawn Prince, who won an NBA yeah. championship wow. at Detroit and an Olympic championship. Now he may have been one of the smartest players. He's now one of the top people at with the with the Memphis Grizzlies in their yes. front office. All uh, right, but but he was, uh, and, and then Chuck Hayes. I go back. Chuck Hayes would have won more games, college games, in his four years than any college player in the history of basketball. If we had made it pass if we had got to the final four that year that we lost in the Elite Eight to Michigan State. So, th- those those three guys are right up at the top as as, uh, as as talented players and could play, would be able to fit into your style of play. When, when you see us play this year, Coach, you're going to say, right. I got him convinced. Well, Gondo, uh- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out tomorrow and we're going to run like crazy. <laughs>
2: Hey, whoever, whoever watches this is going to say, how the hell did either one of these guys ever lose a game with all these good players? <laughs> I know.
0: I know. I know, but you know.
2: You understand. know, when you talk about adapting, I, I didn't do much adapting in my system. You know, uh, the Sonny Allen uh, numbered fast break, you, you went to a spot as fast as you could. Occasionally, I would. Uh, and I'll give you a couple uh, examples. I was in uh, with the Orlando Magic. Johnny Davis hired me to be his assistant after they fired Doc Rivers. So you see, it's always yep. you get a job sometimes because somebody else gets fired. But anyway, and Johnny Davis said, hey, you know, uh, I want you to come down and help me with the break and put in the system. So I did. And we had Tracy McGrady, who, oh, you know, I I would just say. I learned about Tracy when I was with him. I, I don't know if I've met a more talented basketball right. player than Tracy McGrady. I mean.
0: He didn't want well to run though.
2: <laughs> he, 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 he do anything he wanted. I'd be sitting on the bench and he would come down over half court and shoot like routinely like 40 foot jump shots yeah. because he didn't want to work hard enough to get 20 feet away that's from right. the basket. He said, what the hell, I might as well shoot a 40 footer. Yeah. And, and I would look, look in the bench and they'd say, well, you know, that's Tracy, don't worry about that. He does that all the time. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm giving that background because he wasn't my point guard in this system, but uh, to get him to run more, I put in this rule. I said, all right, Tracy, if you get a defensive rebound, you're permitted to be the point guard for that play. So he would rebound and then bring it down faster than he ever did <laughs> because he had the rock. Yep. Now, I'm going to go back a little bit in time with, with your coaching experience. That's what Rick Pitino did in Kentucky. He yep. had five guys on the court. They all could do that. So I used to look at Kentucky and say, my gosh, whoever gets the rebound is the point guard. Yep. I mean, Rick was way ahead of his times in a lot of things, Tubby. I mean, Absolutely. So so he he kinda of, uh, reminded me, and that's what I did with McGrady.
0: I um you probably coached uh Keith Bogans was on that team yeah. with the magic. And we just yes. the other day, Keith played for us. He's another young that I gotta mention in, in the in the breath of being one of the most talented kids <laughs> we played. And we've had a chance to coach some good ones that have played at the next at the NBA level. So but but I, I love the style of play. I love the way your teams, you know, used to press and run. I mean, you just – Yes. that's the other thing you did, too. People don't realize you played both ends. You it's made them not- have to play both ends.
2: Well, here's, here was our scheme. When I had Hank Gathers, Bo Kimball, Corey Gaines, uh, I knew I could run as, like the wind. We could, we could shoot in four seconds every possession. But we had the dilemma that w- the other team – could hold it for 35 seconds at that time. So yes. it's a, like a patched together fast break game. So we decided to full court press, deny everything man to man, not, nothing fancy about it and make you run the opponent as fast as we ran. Mm-hmm. And we were enticing. If you couldn't catch the ball in front of you, you threw it over top. So teams who wanted to run the flex offense suddenly had a three-on-one fast break.
0: yeah.
2: And the, go- the guy with the ball would look over at their coach and say, Coach, you want me to set it up? <laughs> or do you want me to take advantage of this three-on-one? Yeah. So they went in five seconds. We went in five seconds. And then that back and forth, five seconds, five seconds, uh, we could sustain. and. Most teams could not sustain but,
1: that yeah, pace. The difference was you practiced it that way, right? So your exactly. Guys were, were yeah, neutral. we played
2: up that way all the time. Yep. The, the but, opposition might try for two days before they played us, but you can't get in condition to do that.
0: Now that's, that brings us to the point, the conditioning part. Yeah. What, what did you do differently or what did you require of your players um, as far as conditioning is concerned?
2: Yeah, well, I used to do some preseason things, Tubby, like uh, out in Los Angeles in Manhattan Beach, they have a uh, uh, a sand dune that goes up about maybe 300, 400 feet straight up in the air. So I would take the team there pre-season. They would run the sand dunes. And some of them couldn't make it. In fact, one time we had a young man running. He got about three-quarters of the way up. And he started flailing his arms into the sand to kind of give him some <laughs> momentum. And then all of a sudden, he disappeared. <laughs> and we had to go get him. I said, go get him. He's stuck in the sand. But it. it just became something, you know, that it, I don't, well, we only did it a couple of times, but it was more like a momentum thing. I remember uh, Kurt Rambis uh, was with the Lakers then, and he came to one of our preseason workouts and he went through the whole ritual, uh, you know, sprinting and running. And, and when he was walking away, he turned to the players and he said, you guys are crazy. I would never do this again in my whole life. And Westhead, your coach, do not listen to him. Because I had, I had him with the Lakers.
0: Yep. <laughs> well, I was with the. I, had a, I just had a chance to get to know him when he was with the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, he, was, um, he took over there. Kurt became the head coach for the Minnesota right. Timberwolves. I think that was after. um, Kid went to um, McHale. Right. But it was, he was. I can. I couldn't see him running like that. That's for certain.
1: (laughs) If you want to enjoy a great meal, head on over to Sweet Old Bills the next time you come see the Panthers play. Sweet Old Bills is located right off Main Street in High Point and is the official post-game meal for High Point University Athletics. Sweet Old Bills is also the proud home of the High Point Athletics Coaches Show where you can catch Tubby Smith and other High Point head coaches every month. Sweet Old Bills, a proud supporter of High Point Athletics and the Tubby Smith Show.
2: Oh, and No, In fact, a, a Kurt Ramba story with my Lakers, uh, I... Uh, we acquired him you know I, it was my pick i got rambus okay so and in fact uh, he really didn't want to come i i called him he was playing in the summer pro league up in san francisco and i called him i said hey Curtis, paul west said we had just won a championship i said i thought i was a big deal then i said hey this is coach paul west said of the champion LA Lakers. L.A. Lakers. He said, oh, yeah, Coach, how, how you doing? I said, so we'd like you to come to training camp. He said, uh, no, I don't want to come. <laughs> I oh, said, really? what? He said, no. He said, "He said, I got a deal. I, I played in Greece last year, and I made $10,000. He said, uh, uh, if I come to training camp, you'll beat me up in 10 days and then get rid of me. And then I, I lose my contract with Greece. And I lose 10 grand. Hmm. So I hang up and I talk to Bill Sharman of the Lakers. Uh, Well, he was the Lakers general manager, but great Celtic. And Sharman says, "Uh, well, Paul, why don't you call him back and say, we'll give him $10,000 to come to training camp. (laughs) So I called him back. and I said, Kurt, we'll give you 10 grand to come to training camp. He said, that's a no brainer for I'll come for 10 days and I'll make as much as I'm going to make all year in Greece. So he comes I'm giving you this background because we're at LMU for media day before we go to Palm Springs to train. And they had a big sheet of paper, and they wanted all the media to fill in who the 10 players were going to make the roster this year for the Lakers. It was kind of like a media hype. So they're all walking around with these sheets of paper. And I hear someone in our administration say, look at that guy over there. And they're pointing to Rambus. He's got long hair over his shoulder. He's got those thick glasses on. And he's, like a, he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. I mean, he really <laughs> did look out of place. Uh, and the guy from the administration says, yeah, well, you know, Westhead's the one who brought him in here. Like, <laughs> what, what a dummy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm driving down to Palm Springs after that event. And my young assistant, uh, Mike Tebow, who just won a championship with a women's game in uh, Washington, Mike Tebow has the sheet of paper, and I said, "Mike, uh, get that sheet of paper out and number ten, write in Kurt Rambis." (laughs) I said, "I'm keeping him. I don't care what the hell he does. I don't care how he plays." And of course, we kept Rambis. I got fired, and Rambus became an yeah. icon in LA. Yes. I mean, they love – They thought he was Clark Kent. They thought he was Superman. Oh, he, he and he
0: he the part he played that part well too. You know. Yeah, you know, he did. He's the one that kind of hyped that position up as well. Yeah, he did. <laughs> well, how much time we have here? We love visiting with you, Coach. I've got I um uh, again here at High Point University, where is my alma mater. I played for. I knew that. I don't know if you did. You know, Coach Steve? Well, Gene Littles. You know, Coach yes. G. Well, G. Yes. Who, who played here also. He was one of the all time, probably the best player to ever play here at High Point. And then Jerry Steele, who coached the Carolina Cougars and okay. actually played for Bones McKinney oh at Way Forest. He was my I, coach here at High Point. And,
2: uh, I, I knew Bones. Yeah. Okay.
0: So uh, so there's a, any of this basketball in this region, especially in the Tobacco Road in the South there is always, you know, we were NAIA back at the time. and We were now Division One, playing in the Big South Conference. But I would guess the team in this league that plays that style of basketball would probably be more of a, a Winthrop. Yeah. Okay. Wouldn't you say so, Darren?
1: Yeah, and, 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 you know, granted, it's a little bit more in vogue these yeah. days, yes. right? Oh, Contemporary yeah. basketball can be more up-tempo. It's more acceptable for that to be the case. So it's... Uh, Winthrop probably leads the charge there, I think, right? And then there's, you know, some teams that are uh, on a year-to-year basis. It varies, right, Tubby, probably? Yeah. like a, well, This like is my a, second
0: year, and I'm still
1: – we yeah. had a
0: rough year last year, but we were very <laughs> young and played a very – and, in fact, we have – we're going to be having media day soon, and, and we'll talk about how our, our young what? team coming back.
2: You can get Rondo to transfer to High Point. <laughs> uh, I'd run the system. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we find a kid like that. I would run. He that.
2: he he'd, he'd be great in the in the fast break yeah. system. Yes. Yeah. He he'd be terrific. Yeah. Uh, and the, he was much of the reason why the Lakers pulled that championship yes. off. I mean, yeah. everyone's going to say you know LeBron, and he should be credited, and certainly Anthony Davis. Which incidentally, Anthony Davis the a classic running fast break player. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami would score, and he'd scoot down the other end. They'd throw lobs to him ahead of the defense. Yes, see that's what fast break does for you. Uh, so I, uh, you know, I could probably take Rondo and Anthony Davis over LeBron.
0: <laughs> LeBron's going to slow it down.
2: Two. LeBron's like Michael Jordan. Like, why <laughs> would I go fast when I can go slow and oh, score? That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, absolutely,
1: absolutely. Uh, Well, Paul, we will let you go. Um, One last time for those listening, his new book, The Speed Game, My Fast Times in Basketball. You can get it anywhere. And um, we're really excited for the book, especially appreciative that you took out uh, some extended time for us here on the tubby smith show thanks so much best of luck with the book yes
2: and if I, I don't have any advice for you tubby you know a hell of a lot more than me no, no i but don't but if you decide to play fast uh look at your contract and see <laughs> you know, how many years you have
0: yeah, you're right i've only got a couple of years left so
2: I'm, saying, I'm starting my third year here's what i would want. wait until it's your last year and then you say hey i don't care <laughs> i don't care
0: well I'm looking, I'm so excited. I'm looking forward to your new book, Coach. Yeah, thanks, A Starby. lot of people will be reading it because you've got a lot of experience, a wealth of knowledge, and, and, and you're one of the guardians of this game that people look up to. I know myself and many other coaches around thanks, America Starby. appreciate what you, you, know, yeah. what you mean hey, to the game.
2: I'm going to end uh, by uh, showing you how much I admire you. Uh, I would go to the NCAA tournament every year for the final four games. And you kind of recall when you're a young coach, uh, you get your tickets and you're in like row 83, (laughs) you know, and the next year you're at row 82. And you're saying, oh my gosh, when am I going to be able to see the game? (laughs) Well, uh, about my fourth year of coaching, I thought I was pretty good. And I'm in row 74. I used to ch- chant, chart how I got down, down. And my wife says, can't we get better seats, Paul? And I looked around, and you were on the row in front of me. And I said, oh my gosh, Tubby Smith, who's so great. Everyone knows Tubby. And he's one row ahead of me. I, I got something to look forward to. <laughs> but, but I never got to the bench row. Hey.
0: <laughs> Uh, I was so blessed, you know, to have such good players and get to that on that bench row. And then, yep. yeah, once you get on that bench and you win it, now you don't you, want to ever go back. <laughs> oh, no, you're sitting right on the front row now in the stands, you, 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 they actually giving you the stats when they, you know, when the, when the, when they bring the <laughs> stats through, I'm yep. actually sitting on a row where they can give me the stats of the halftime scores, <laughs> up-to-date scores. That's when, you, that's when you when you know you made it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah No. it doesn't get up to row eighty two, I can tell you. <laughs> you're, right, you're right. Hey coach, that's take fantastic. care of yourself. Right, my pleasure, Tubby. Stay safe. Thank you. Hey, thank Good you luck so this season.
1: All right. Thanks, Paul. Bye, Darren. Really do. Thank you. Bye Thanks. now.